The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with the oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It's the word of God brought to you. Amen. So the preacher began his sermon by glaring out at his congregation and proclaiming in a very loud voice, Every member of this church is going to die. And his church looked sorrowful and downcast. And he was looking around and he noticed this man in the front row who had this big old smile on his face. So he thought about it. Well, maybe I need to do that again. So he did it with a little more emphasis. I said that every member of this church is going to die. And he looked around and they looked even more grim except that one man sitting in the front row had that same big old smile on his face. So he's very frustrated at this point, so, so he's okay, I'm going to get him this time. Every member of this church is going to die. And there's that man sitting down here just smiling at that. And he looked at him and picked on him and he said, Did you hear what I had to say? He said, Yes, sir. He said that every member of this church is going to die. He said, Then why do you have that big smile on your face? He said, Well, because I'm not a member of this church. The <laughs> <laughs> Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Death is not something that we like to talk about. It's Interesting, because it's the universal spirit. As near as I can tell, that since Jesus, you know the percentage of people that have died? It's 100% so far. You know, now we're hoping he comes back and, and, and blows that, that percentage out of the water. But at this point, that preacher was right. Every member of this church, in fact, everybody is going to face death at one point or another. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, tomorrow whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're having rough times if we're sick or whether we're well, we, there's no guarantee that tomorrow is going to happen for us. Not at all. And it's not just physical death that we face in life. We also face difficult deaths of other kinds, sometimes death of a relationship, death of a work situation. Loss is a constant in our life. It goes on all around us. And it's an opportunity for faith but oftentimes it brings about fear. How many of us in this room right now have recently experienced the, the death of a loved one or a friend or someone that we knew? Yeah, it, it's, it's a common experience, isn't it? It's something that, that we all face. In fact, we're uncomfortable talking about it. It's interesting that David, in our verse for today, speaks of not being afraid, right? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now that shadow can represent any dark moment in life, but certainly the darkest of moments for us is that, that time when we pass on. 
So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is the fear of death. Job 18.14 calls death the king of terrors. The king of terrors. So why are people so afraid of death? There's, I think there's several reasons. I want to touch on several. The first is that it's the great unknown, right? Even when we have faith, and we have and we believe that, that in our eternity, there's still, I don't care how faithful you are, there's at least a little bit of anxiety about passing from this world into the next. Death is an unknown. None of us have experienced it. Very few have come back. I don't think any. Has anybody in here experienced it and come back? And very few people around the world experience it and, and come back. So it's, so it's an unknown circumstance. And we naturally fear the unknown, so it's natural that we fear death. It's not that it's, we, you know, you should feel bad about it, because really it's the most natural thing that there is, is to fear the things that we don't know about. Many of us stay in unhealthy situations as well, because we just don't want to get out of the unknown. It may be a terrible situation, but it's my situation. I know what to expect, how abusive relationships continue over time. An Arab chief tells the story of a spy captured and sentenced to death by a general in the Persian army. And this general had this strange custom of giving condemned criminals a choice of the firing squad or the big black door. The moment for the, at the moment for the execution draws near, the guards brought that spy into the Persian general, and they asked, the general asked him, so what will it be? Do you choose the firing squad or the, the big black door? And the spy hesitated and thought about that for a long time. Finally, he said, I choose the fire as well. A few minutes later, the shots rang out, confirming that the execution had taken place. The general turned to his aide and said, they always prefer the known to the unknown. People fear what they don't know. Yet we gave him a choice. And they'd ask him, what lies behind that door? He said, freedom. But only a few have been brave enough to take that door. Oftentimes, the door to freedom takes us into the unknown. And we have to become willing to walk through it. The best opportunities in our lives often stand behind us. Something that in our mind or real is blocking us from that. So we fear the unknown. We like what we know. We will keep it as long as we can. The second thing is separation. And there's several separations that take place in that. One is the physical separation from the body. We're born into this world, both spirit and flesh. It's all we've ever known. It's, it's our whole life we've been this, this battling back and forth of the things I want to do and the things God wants me to do. And there's always this tension in Christianity and in life because we are spirit and we are flesh. But that's what we know. So we're used to that. It's the only thing that we've known in our whole life. And death brings a separation to our very being. As our spirit leaves our body, many people are terrified at the thought of that separation. Just that, because it, it, what is that going to be? And then there's a the separation from loved ones. When we pack on, what's going to happen with our loved ones? I don't want to be apart from them. We have to leave them behind. Now, for the believer, the separation is just for a short time, but for the unbeliever, that can be a terrifying process. Dylan Thomas is the poet, and many of you will recognize something that he wrote. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. He wasn't talking about the chandelier. Rage against the dying of the light, against death, against your light going out. Rage against it. Don't accept it. 
Vai, vai, vai. And then for the unbeliever as well, it means separation from God. And that's the worst separation of all. Because there's no coming back from there. We were created to be in relationship with God. And those who die without Christ are separated from God forever. Scripture teaches that. So the second reason we fear death is because we fear separation. So we fear the unknown, we fear separation, but we also fear judgment. Those of us who have any kind of a spiritual understanding at all, we, we're, we, death is itself a judgment, but we fear judgment. Romans said, says that the wages of sin is death. Because sin is here, because Adam and Eve did the thing that they did, brought sin into the world, you know it wasn't death until they, they took a bite of, the, of, that, of that fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then sin entered into the world and death came with it. So the wages of sin is death. That's the cost of sin. So that price has to be paid. And for those of us who believe, we are so grateful that that price was paid. That price was paid. But that's why Christ came. That, that cost doesn't go away. It has to be paid. And Jesus paid it for us. So if you don't know him, I pray that you consider it. Consider it. The wages of sin is death. But that's not the end of it, because there's a judgment that comes after that. Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed for man to die once and then face the judgment. And while that's a, that's a version that, that, is not, that is not gender neutral, it may say man, but it's all of us. We all live and then the, we die once and then the judgment. So death means that we cannot continue in sin without final consequences. There's going to be an accounting, there's a judgment. And we fear that. If you've ever stood before a judge, and I've stood before more than my share, you know, there's fear. Because you don't know. Even when there's a plea bargain worked out, and you go before the judge, did you know that the judge doesn't have to accept the plea bargain? So there's fear when you go before the judge. And all of us, one day, will be faced with that reality. We also have the fourth reason that it is that we fear the finality of death. Death is very final. Job 16, 22 calls it the journey of no return. The journey of no return. And that's probably why we fear death most, honestly, because there's no cheating death. You don't get, you know, they can't make a deal. Well, if I'll just eat the right food, and one day maybe they'll figure out how keep me from actually having to die. Go to the right plastic surgery. There's no cheating. Death, death comes for a fall. Can't negotiate out of it. And we fear that finality if there is no return from it. So all of those things aren't new to us. David faced every single one of those things. So why is it that David can say, I'm not afraid. Why did David say that? And David Irvin's in here, so I guess we're still with you, David. <laughs> he had a shepherd to guide him through, but he had the Lord. For thou art with me. Thou art with me, Lord. 
presence of the shepherd is the key to David not being afraid of death. And the beauty of Jesus is that he's a shepherd in all circumstances. It doesn't matter what you're going through, where you've been, he's there. He's not like, okay, if you get better and you do the right things, then maybe I'll come and I'll be a part of your life. That's not how Jesus works. Jesus doesn't just live amongst the church folks. In fact, he's everywhere. He's, he's very active in our world today, even though it's sometimes hard to see him. He's the shepherd for all circumstances, the shepherd for all seasons. And we're all going to have different seasons, amen? Life is, is difficult at times. So he's not only the shepherd of the green pastures. We talked about that beautiful picture last week of green pastures and still waters. And, and I still like sitting on a rock with my feet dangling over it with, with, with the water rushing down and then hits that pool. I, I love that. Jesus is there. But he's also there in the midst of turmoil and struggle and difficulty and the unknown and, and fearing separation and all of those things. See, Jesus never promises us a trouble-free life. And I know that there's a lot of folks who stand in pulpits and, and uh, outside of pulpits who will say, well, just accept Jesus, it's all going to be great and it's all going to get better. Jesus doesn't say that. A lot of us do. But that's not the case. What happens, life is going to be life, guys. Right? You're going to have those ups and downs. You can't dodge them. You can't get away from them. In fact, Jesus says we will have trouble in life. We live in a world that's under the curse of sin. We don't get to just kind of check out of that. So believers face times of disillusionment. We face times of doubt. We face times of grief. Financial struggles. All of those things are going on probably inside here today. All of that and more. That's part of life. But Jesus, because he's there, because he's in the midst of it, we can walk through things that other people really have a, a much more difficult time with. At this point in my journey, I, it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like to walk through the things that we walk through without Jesus by our side. Doesn't mean that we're exempt from problems, but we can have peace in the midst of them. We can trust in him and have faith, and, and he'll work it out. And the reason that we can do that, because Kit and I have seen that time after time after time. And if you've walked with Christ most of, for very long, you've seen that, that, that God, is, God works it out. He, he works things out for the good for those who love him. It's not that it's not painful, but, but he will walk us through to a better place. And it's tough when we're in that valley. A lot of times when people lose somebody, they, they want to ask, why? Why does this have to happen? And the toughest one for me is when kids pass away. Why does this have to happen? And in that moment, it's not time for a theological discussion. So you just stay present with them. But a little bit of that why is quite simply, God loves us so much that he gave us the ability to choose. And because of the choices that our ancestors made, sin came into the world. Because of choices that, that are made all around us, different impacts happen. And I think that God, that it can break God's heart to see some of the choices that we made, but it's the one area that he has chosen 
to restrict himself, to self-limit. I believe in an omnipotent, all-powerful God. But I believe that he has given us the ability to make choices that don't align with his will for our lives. He lets us do that. And I think it brings a tear to his eye when he do. But the good news is that he'll also take those choices if we, if, if we keep speaking him, and he'll reroute us. And he'll bring us back to a path. You know? He'll bring us back to the path and the place that he wants us to be if we're willing to humble ourselves and let him do that. But he gave us the ability to choose. The one thing that he's left one of on. He could take that away from us. But part of the reason, and I think one of the primary reasons that we're here on the earth is to choose. To choose God. Or to reject God. Because in the next life that we have, in eternity, those things will not be on the table. The difficulties will not be on the table anymore. Because we've already chosen. So now he can take those things. But until we've chosen, he's got to give us the freedom to do that or else it's an automaton or robots or whatever you want to call it. So he gives us the ability to choose him or to reject him in this life. And the next place we go, that's why it's going to be such a beautiful place. Because all of the negatives and all of the difficulties and all of those things that pull it up, they're gone, right, Mary? It's going to be a good day. But our, one of our primary purpose here is to make that choice. Do you choose Jesus? Or do you reject him? Do we choose eternity? Or do we choose separation? That's what we're here for. David knew connection. David chose connection. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, a valley is a low place. It can be a dark place in the evenings. It's full of shadows. The shepherd would guide his sheep through the valley. It's, it's a, a really good symbol for what David's talking about here in this passage. The shadow of death speaks of the darkest place, the place of greatest trial where death is so near that the shadow is hovering. Some of us have experienced that. In this valley, death is close, so close that you're walking through that dark shadow. But just like the Lord is my shepherd, that one little two-letter two word, my, is so powerful, so is through. Through the valley of the shadow. Of death, not into, and I'm going to leave you, leave you there, through the valley of the shadow of death. It's only a passageway to a better place. It's not the end. It's temporary. It's not permanent. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, death is not the house, it's the porch. You know, you go through the porch into the house. So, so death is just the porch. And we get to go through it into the house, into the place that's prepared for us, that God has been preparing for each of us. As David walks through the valley, he, he says he's going to fear no evil. 
doesn't fear that because he knows he trusts in his God are you with me he's unafraid and that can be you and that can be me if we make that choice that we don't have to walk in fear in this world we can walk in, in confidence and victory because we have faith and, and our Savior knows the way he knows what's going on and David makes mention of the rod and the staff many of us don't really think about that unless you've read about Shepherding, but, but the rod and the staff aren't just a nice turn of phrase that for the shepherd, those are the tools of his trade. The rod, rod meant that was what he used to keep the animals at bay, wild animals, to keep to keep uh, marauders, or that was for protection. The rod was for protection, and the staff was for guiding. So the rod and the staff are critical to the work of the shepherd. It's how he protected his sheep, and it's how he guides them. So if you ever get disciplined by the Lord, well, it's okay. Part of it is part of being on the journey. God's guiding us. So are you afraid of death? Jesus doesn't want you to be. He wants to cast that out. He wants to cast out all fear of you. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Humanity, he Says, says that Jesus shared in our humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of that, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Fear of death can keep people in slavery. We've been around for those days, like the course of our ministry, where they were so afraid. They stopped being active in their community, they stopped being active in the church, and they were seated for life. Don't let that happen to you. Walk in victory. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's Jesus. That's who our Savior is. So let's look at those fears I listed a little bit earlier. See how Jesus overcomes those. So you afraid of the unknown? Well, Jesus knows the way. Death is not unknown to Jesus. He died and he rose. He knows the way. So, so our shepherd isn't just looking at a map. He's been on the journey. 2 Timothy 2.11 Here's the trustworthy thing. If we, die, if, he, if we die with him, we will also live with him. You don't need to be afraid of the unknown because Jesus has already been there. He knows what he's doing and knows how to, how to take us through. How about fear of separation? Take heart. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The separation of, our, of your spirit from your body will usher you into direct presence of your Lord as you await the physical resurrection. Are you afraid to be separated from family and friends? Well, there's going to be a reunion. 1 Thessalonians 4, brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. We're going to be reunited. All those folks who come before we get to be reunited right now. Pray of judgment? Well, you don't know Christ? Well, be afraid. But if you do, Jesus paid the price at the cross. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. You are free. 
And death is not final for the believer. It's simply a passageway into eternity, into a better place. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. For the believer, there is a deliverance into an eternity that is amazing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's what's awaits us. By the way, Paul wrote in Corinthians, where of death is your victory? Where of death is your sin? Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do you prepare for death? Get to know the shepherd. Understand that too, that's physical death, but how do you get through the things in life that happen? Get to know the shepherd. Walk with him. Study, pray, draw near to him. Rest in his promise of a resurrection time. He's in the business of resurrecting lives and restoring lives. If you can say the Lord is my shepherd, then you can also say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 